Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Hidden Truths, and we have Bob Barone, our host. Welcome, Bob. How are you today? This is a great day, and every day is a great day. Wonderful. So today you're going to speak to us about what influences the stock market, right? Markets often move based on newly reported data, but the data is not always accurate. So can you talk about this? Yes. So it- When the data is reported, it doesn't necessarily mean that the data is not true. It is true, but oftentimes data is reported with a point of view, and the point of view doesn't express the the entire truth. For example, two weeks ago, we had the employment report. Now, the employment report consists of two surveys. One survey is called the payroll or the establishment survey, and that's a survey of big businesses and maybe a few medium-sized businesses. That number was reported as plus 428,000 brand new jobs. And the markets really liked that number. And as a result, that particular day, the markets went up 2%. There's a second survey done, and that's called the household survey. And that one is done by phone calling maybe 80,000 households. So the very first one, the the payroll survey showed 428,000. Now, because the the BLS only surveys big business, years and years ago, they found out that there was lots of small businesses that they don't survey. They did a study and they concluded that small business, which is the heart of the U.S. economy, grows. They decided that they would just add a number based upon their study. And so the 428,000 really only counted 268,000. And they added 160,000 from what is called the birth death model of small business. So they really only counted 268,000. Now, there is a a company called ADP, which is the biggest payroll purveyor in the United States. They have big businesses, middle-sized businesses, and small businesses. ADP came out and said that in April, their count of small business employment went down by 120,000. If we actually believe the actual count of ADP instead of the trend that the BLS uses, BLS counted 268,000, subtract the ADP 120,000 because that's what they found for small business, and you get a net of 148,000. That's completely different than 428,000 that everybody was so excited about. Now, there's a second survey, and that one is called the household survey. This is the survey of 80 or so thousand households, where they call people and ask them about their employment. That survey showed negative 350,000. That is really different than plus 428,000. The 148,000 that we came up with doing our little math is uh, much closer to the minus 350, but worse In that survey, the BLS found that full-time positions contracted by over 650,000. So the conclusion is that 
the employment number wasn't strong like the media said it was. There's very, some other examples too. Very concerning. It looks like last Tuesday, retail sales uh, for April were again reported as strong, correct? Yes, the, the retail sales came out as plus 0.8 or plus 0.9%. Mm-hmm. That was considered to be very strong. But what they didn't tell you was that was just the dollar value. That's the nominal value. They didn't tell you what it really was if you deflate it for the inflation that's occurring. If you deflate it, what you get is a negative number. And on the chart, that shows up as the red number. And you can see it's below zero. Again, the markets got all excited because it was a positive number. But in reality, it wasn't a very good number. Mm-hmm. Do you think this means that the economy could be headed for a recession, Bob? Yes, uh, we think that the, uh, the, the recession has either arrived or is imminent. There's a slide that shows the, the earnings of the weekly earnings of the people who work in the economy. That slide shows that year over year, those earnings are down 4%. That's in real terms, what they're able to buy. If you look at the chart, you can see that it's down lower than it was during the Great Recession, when that number only fell 2.5%. So it looks like that the consumer is really in worse shape than they were back in the Great Recession. Furthermore, we had uh, Walmart and Target report their first quarter earnings and, and sales last week. People who shop at Walmart and Target are lower and middle income people. Walmart found that they spent more money on groceries because the prices had risen, but much less money on discretionary items. And Target found the same thing. They found that the discretionary items in their store, people were spending less money on. Last week, when that was reported, the market finally decided that maybe the economy isn't quite as strong as they were reporting. The new narrative is we're going to have a recession, but it's going to be mild. Mm. The data doesn't say that. It seems to be obvious that people start to be concerned. Are there any indicators that are actually showing consumer attitudes going forward? The University of Michigan does a consumer survey every month. It's about people's attitudes toward buying and their attitudes towards what's going on in the economy. Mm. The slide shows buying conditions for vehicles. This is people's intent to to buy a car. The charts of people's intent to buy houses and to buy big ticket items, big appliances, et cetera, are similar to this one. In this one, you'll see the shaded areas are recessions. And you'll note that the recessions occur when this particular indicator has plunged. If you look at the right-hand side, you'll see that this particular indicator is now plunged faster and is lower than at any time in the last 60 years. That's when the data began being collected. Not a very uh, positive sign. Now, markets were also encouraged because the industrial production numbers showed that auto production 
grew in April. Auto production grew in April because they finally got the chips mm. that, that were missing and, and closed down the factories. So this was catch up. So the fact that the auto production was growing is a lagging indicator. What we really need to look at is, will people buy those cars? We think that the inventories of those new cars will pile up on dealer lots. And by maybe the third quarter, maybe by Christmas, we're going to have some big sales in the auto business. Do you see any other leading indicators that, that you've been uh, watching? Yes. The National Federation of Independent Business also does uh, similar polling of, of their businesses. And this chart shows the small business outlook. It, it too is lower than it's ever been in the history of the series, which goes back to May of 1990. So again, not a very good sign. You've talked about the U.S. and, and the recession here, but what about the rest of the world? Before we get to the rest of the world, I want to talk about one, one uh, or two other indicators that okay. we have. One is called consumer credit, revolving consumer credit, which is a nice word for credit card debt. So on this particular chart, look at the right-hand side, and you'll see that over the last four months, credit card debt has grown at the fastest rate almost in the history of this series, which goes back to the beginning of the century here. Only one month in, in during the Great Recession did credit card debt grow faster, and that was just before that Great Recession hit. We see that the credit card debt is growing fast again. So why is it growing? It's growing because people are trying to keep up with their standard of living. But sooner or later, they run out of capacity to borrow. That's when they just can't buy stuff anymore. And that's when the, the consumption number goes way down. Now, we have another uh, measure, and that's the measure of gross domestic product, or GDP. And it's done monthly. If you look at the right-hand side of this chart, you'll see that we haven't had a positive monthly GDP number, growth number, since October. That was November, December, January, February, March. So far, we haven't had positive growth. In fact, the GDP number for the first quarter came in at minus 1.4%. The market stretched that off because It was mainly in the net exports. This is a trade deficit. What happens is when we export to another country, that increases our GDP because we made the good that we exported here. When we import from another country, that reduces GDP because it wasn't made here. It's a mistake to believe that because the trade deficit uh, was getting larger that it doesn't make any difference. It mm. makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. So now let's talk about the rest of the world. Yes. <clears throat> so we're almost certain that Europe is going to have a recession because of the Russian aggression in the Ukraine and because Europe is very dependent upon oil and gas exports from Russia. So we're pretty sure they're going to have a recession. In fact, the uh, Bank of England has predicted that Great Britain is going to have one. Japan just reported negative GDP in their first quarter. This particular slide is a slide of China, and it's very unusual to see China in this condition. 
the dashed line across the, the middle is called neutral, that's 50. 50 is the demarcation line between growth and contraction. On the left side, the total, this is for April, the total was 42.7. That's very unusual for China to, to not be growing and to in fact be contracting. Now we have the rest of the world contracting, that's China, that's Japan, and that's Europe. So are they gonna buy stuff from us? Probably not as much. So our exports will fall. And then the dollar keeps on getting stronger against their currencies. And that makes it more expensive for them to buy uh, stuff from us. We expect that exports, of course, as I'll tell you here, the market has ignored it. The good news re revolves around inflation. Last, uh, in March, inflation got to 8.5%. That was the highest in 40 years. In April, inflation year over year went down to 8.3%, but that wasn't good enough for the markets. Markets wanted to see it go lower, and that means we don't produce it here, and that means our GDP will go down. Do you have any good news, Bob? Yeah, that's the bad news, but there is some good news. Um, and markets didn't like it. And when the, those inflation numbers came out, the, the markets uh, contracted and interest rates went up because they expected the Fed to get more hawkish. But if you look at this chart and notice on the right-hand side, the blue line is the producer price index and the orange line is the consumer price index. If you look at the April numbers, the bars there, and compare it to what's happened recently, you'll see that both the PPI and the CPI are at uh, levels that we haven't seen almost for a year, and before that, since 2020. So that's very encouraging. The CPI and the PPI were much lower than they have been recently. If we look at the next slide, this is something measured by the Institute for Supply Management. It's backlogs. So when supplies are tight and they can't get the goods, backlogs go up. You have to wait longer to, to get your appliances, to get your refrigerator, to get your automobiles. But when they have them, the time for backlogs comes down. If you look at the right-hand side of the chart, you'll see that backlogs are falling. And that's also good news for inflation. The next chart is a chart of shipments. You'll see that the shipments were up and now they're falling because demand is falling. We can see that the economy is weakening and we think that inflation will be coming down before the end of the year. It gives us some hope. So the bad news is we see a recession. The good news is that you think inflation will be falling. Are there any further implications? A lot of this depends on what's going on with the Fed. The chairman was saying how strong the economy is. That was before the Senate confirmed him. Politically, he couldn't say anything else for fear that they would pull his nomination. But once he was confirmed, he started talking about maybe the economy will feel some pain. And uh, there's something called a soft landing a soft landing is when the Fed is tightening conditions, the economy slows down but doesn't go into recession. That's called a soft landing. Mm -hmm. The Fed's track record is miserable 
when it comes to soft landings. Between 1950 and the present, there have been 14 Fed tightening cycles. 11 of them have resulted in recession. Only three soft landings, and that's a very poor batting average. Mm-hmm. Once he was once he was confirmed by the Senate, Powell started talking about a softish landing, talking about the fact that there could be some pain in the economy, talking about the fact that the unemployment rate could go up. We wondered to what, but he talks about it. And then when the Target and and Walmart numbers came out last week, finally the market started to recognize that we're probably going to have a recession. The narrative has changed now from a strong economy to a mild recession. But all the data and all those charts I showed you I'd say it's going to be much, much stronger than a mild recession. It's going to be worse than a mild recession. We also note one thing in particular. During the last couple of months, when the Fed was getting more hawkish, the most hawkish voice on the Fed's open market committee was James Bullard. He's the president of the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank. And he was the one that was pushing and pushing. And he was the one that talked about 50 basis point rate hikes, and then 75 basis point rate hikes. We note that over the last two weeks, Bullard has gone silent. And so I'll conclude by saying, maybe the economists at the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank see the same things that we see. Mm. That's why he's gone silent. Yeah, that that would make uh, a lot of sense for sure. This this is great insight on uh, what seems to be going on right now. What would you want to leave your viewers with today, Bob? These tightening cycles, what happens in the marketplace is that the market continues to go down, the stock market continues to go down as long as the Fed continues to think they're going to raise interest rates. The markets will turn when the Fed stops tightening. And as I said, the fact that Bullard went silent is probably a good indicator. Maybe over the next couple of months, the Fed will stop tightening and then the markets will turn. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Very important information that you just shared with us today. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. This, again, this is Hidden Truths. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and share our information with your network. Thank you all and see you next time. Mm-hmm.